Welcome to Focus on Success with Fazia Costi. Our program is designed to help you with executive function challenges. Our guest experts offer perspective, experience, and ideas to improve different aspects of your life. Now, here is your host, Fazia Costi. Hi, welcome. This is Fazia Costi, and today we are having our Parenting Pulse uh, segment with Mackenzie Douglas and Dr. Sarah Bald. And so welcome, ladies. Um, I'm glad you're here today. I think today we are going to talk about bullying. So um, who would like to start? Who would like to define bullying? Sarah, how about you? Would you like to define what bullying is? Oh my gosh, bullying can be so many things. It can be the classic, what you think of as bullying is one kid pushing another on the playground. It could be, um, I think about today, our TikTok. Um, it can be our internet trolls, so to say, who are bullying each other because it's online. So it's anonymous and it doesn't have any repercussions. Um, but bullying, I mean, the APA thought I would define it. Um, it's any aggressive behavior that's intended to cause distress or harm um, that involves an imbalance of power and strength between the aggressor and the victim and commonly occurs repeatedly over time. So it's ongoing. It's about imbalance of power and just aggressive behavior in order to cause distress and, and harm to another person. Yeah. And it's so stressful for that. Um, you know, for anyone who's on the receiving end, I think it's incredibly stressful and um, before we get started, I want to take a moment and welcome um, Dana Lamb. Uh, Dana has been on a previous uh, show. She's She's been um, a guest on the show. And so we invited her today to kind of give us a different perspective. Uh, so welcome, Dana. Oh, thanks, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Sorry, I'm a little tardy. <laughs> That's okay. So I'd like you to meet uh, Mackenzie Douglas and Dr. Sarah Bald. Um so, the, yeah, they are my regular co-hosts um, as we go through this uh, wonderful Parenting Pulse segment. And so today we're talking about bullying. And so um, Sarah just gave us a wonderful uh, description, definition of what bullying is. And so I know that you and I had talked earlier about bullying and you said that you had some great um, examples because one of your children had actually dealt with bullying would you mind sharing that story with us? Sure. I'll probably mortify him, but he hasn't. Well, we um, won't say who it is. We'll probably just say one of your children. To this. Yes. He, <laughs> he was in middle school and I was, I picked him up from school and I would wait around. Um, parking was always atrocious at the school. Of course, our parent pickup uh, lines can be um, stressful. So I would pick him up around the corner and he was, the first time ever just bolting towards my car and um, got in the car and just was sobbing. And what's really hard as a parent is, is that, you know, he was embarrassed by the whole situation. So of course, didn't want to share what had happened to him. And it's really hard to help your child if they're not willing to open up and, and share that with you. And I had to be just a little bit patient with him and get him to be at a place where he felt, I think, calm as well as, as safe. He was also worried about how, what I was going to do or how I was going to handle it. 
And yeah, you might cause him more stress by talking to the principal about it or talking to his teacher. Right. Or embar- embarrassing him about it. And, and basically what a kid did, and, and I really don't, I have no idea or understand why another human or even especially a young child, you know, would do this to someone else, but for some reason decided that he was going to push Harrison down, take his sock and shoe off and took his, his own sock and stuffed it in his mouth basically, but in front of other kids while he was, you know, leaving or walking away from school. That's mortifying. Mm -hmm. Yes. And Harrison would not tell me who did it. So I don't know. And I wasn't really allowed to, but still being the mom that I am, I wanted to, I knew he told me where it was. It was near the bikes. And I did call, I still called the principal and let the school know that this happened. And, you know, why isn't, why wasn't somebody, a teacher or somebody, an older person out there monitoring as the kids were exiting? Like how could somebody have, have missed something like that happening? And Uh, So unfortunately, nothing happened in that situation, but it didn't, it also didn't happen again. And I was really, you know, thankful for that. But it is hard when your child, they don't, they're worried I'm going to embarrass them even more, as you said. Oh, yeah. Well, my, my older daughter had a brief bullying incident when she was also in sixth grade, I believe. And uh, she came home and she told me the whole story. And And I said, you know, a lot of times um, when kids behave like that, it's because they have self-esteem issues. And a lot of times because maybe they don't spend enough time with their parents or whatnot. And so a few days later, this kid um, actually ended up stabbing a kid, another child in the neck with a pencil. (gasps) And my my daughter, yeah, just horrifying, just horrifying. And my daughter comes home. She goes, guess what happened? And she tells me the story. And she goes, (laughs) she looks me straight in the eye and she goes, and it's not because she's She's not spending enough time with her family. She's been suspended or expelled from school. <laughs> so wow. apparently I was very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe, maybe Sarah can shed some light on this or Mackenzie, but I just, you know, I thought it was funny because she, she had an incident and she handled it, but she's like, nope, wasn't because she wasn't spending enough time at home. She's constantly getting kicked out of school. Right. So it's it's really awful when you see your kids pushed around and and uh, you know you can't really help them. But I, I really appreciate you sharing this story. Um, I think um, yeah, I would love to hear what Sarah thinks. I see her shaking her. Head. <laughs> oh, it's the stories we hear, and you know we we think of the bullying on movies. We don't think of like some of these things. Like, how does that even happen in real life? Like, is this real life? And unfortunately, oh, yeah. there's, no, there's no good way to profile a bully. I mean, there's no one way, oh, this is going to proceed a bully. I mean, in, in my profession, we have danger self, danger others, danger self. There's very clear guidelines. This is what it looks like for danger to self. This is what you're looking for. Here are, here are the risk factors. Here's where you know you're looking at someone who's you know, concerning harming themselves for danger to others, we don't have much. We mostly have, well, is there a history of violence? Or is there a history of aggressive behavior? And that's all we really go off of. 
So there's no good way to profile it. Obviously, there's the typical ways we think of, of kids who feel bad about themselves, make other kids feel bad, kids who have trauma at home, who are modeled that behavior, since we talked about modeling last week, kids who that behavior is modeled, they're more likely to do it. Um, But there's no right profile. There's no right, well, this kid, you know, doesn't spend enough time with their parents, so that's why it is. There's there's no right answer. No, there really isn't. Mackenzie, did you have something you'd like to add? It just like, this is one of my anxieties of my son getting older is bullying. And that's why I brought it up to you, Fazia, last time we connected. And I wanted to bring this topic to this group. Um, I'm super curious to hear what you all have to say about it. So um, because it's changed so much, like when I was growing up, the internet was just like becoming a thing, chat rooms, you could create your own website. So that internet bullying hadn't really happened yet. And now that, you know, I didn't even think of TikTok, like you can bully on TikTok, you can bully on in DMs and Instagram, and it's hidden. It's not the locker room shove. It's not the, you know, rough housing out in the play yard. It's, it can be completely, you know, on the, you know, it's just completely hidden almost. And well, then Snapchat's the most dangerous because those messages go away. So then your kid doesn't even have proof that someone said something to them. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it's, it's just breaks Oh, my those heart. disappear? The, I yeah, unless know you that. screenshot it, but then it tells the person that you're chatting with that you screenshotted it. Oh, And then really? I can imagine the bullying that ensues from, you better right. delete that off your phone. Right. Wow. I, you know, I, I think the, the thing that is most pressing or most challenging is that when children get bullied online, you know, um, or when they are the bully, it, it's, it's distance. There's that distance. You're not really, you're not in front of that person. You're not standing in front of them. You're not really talking to a live human being, or at least they, it, it gives you the illusion that you're not really telling another human being these horrible things. So I think they become a little bit more uninhibited. Brave, <laughs> they yeah. feel like they can say things that they wouldn't say to somebody in person. For sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's that anonymity to it. If they're not giving you that nonverbal body language and you're not reading their facial expressions as you're saying it, it's a lot easier. Well, you're less likely to get hit or hurt. Right. You know? <laughs> There's less risk. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There's less risk involved when you say something nasty to somebody over the internet versus uh, in person. Um, Absolutely. And and I think, you know, when you say something over the internet, regardless of the platform, you're less likely to have retaliation from friends or anything like that. People people will say, oh, just, just let it go. And it depends on the child and how sensitive they are to those types of things. If they have a thick skin, you know, my, my younger son is much different than my older son. And when I asked him, he's four years older. And I asked if he were, was ever bullied at the school too. And he said, yeah, kids would say things or start stuff with him all the time. Um, I guess one kid had come up to him and pulled his pants down, you know, like at school and Mm -hmm but he's a different kid and he turned around and, you know, not necessarily that this was the best thing, but like punch the kid, like, don't do that to me and stood up for himself or my younger son 
wasn't able to defend him. And he said, the kid, I never even knew about it. Like he told me this years later after it happened, when I was asking, they went to the same junior high and I was wondering if it happened, if he had an issue while he was there. And he never even told us about it because he was able to defend himself where Harrison has Asperger's Mm -hmm. and is socially awkward and has a lot of different issues. So, you know, different children are going to handle it in different ways. When I was young and I know we didn't have the online, there was a girl that was, I don't know if it was bullying, but she was mean and didn't like me. And I remember we were in Jerome and she stuck her tongue out at me. And I was with my mom and I was like, mom, that girl stuck her tongue out at me. And that's the girl that's mean to me at school. And my mom said, what's her name? And I told her her name and she wrote a letter, put it in a sealed envelope and told me to give it to that little girl to give to her mom. And kids probably today wouldn't do that. (laughs) But back then we did. And I'm like, well, what did, I thought she was going to kind of tell the mom what she did. And no, she actually invited this girl to come over to spend the night that weekend at my house. And I was like, she hates me. Why would you invite her to stay the night at my house? And my mom was really smart. And we ended up becoming friends. The little, I couldn't believe it. The girl came over to my house and spent the weekend and we became friends and it solved that animosity that she had for me. I don't even know why. I love that. Smart mom. It's interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, we, you know, I've never been in the position where I've bullied other people, but it's usually because low self-esteem or you don't know them, you know, you're trying to build yourself up in some way. And what better way to build, you know, a bridge between you is making that connection. So I, I'm going to keep that in mind for future. Yeah. That's really interesting. You know, I, I think so many kids when they're feeling horrible, you know, it's that philosophy of, you know, just pushing other people down so that you can feel better. But the reality is you're all going down together. Yeah. Yeah, That's um, thank you for sharing that, Dana. I really, really appreciate that. That was a very, very nice story of turning things around. And I, and I think that's really um, a really good way to, to talk about this. So maybe um, Sarah can talk a, a little bit more about this also. What are some ways that we could turn around bullying so that, maybe um, children are experiencing less bullying or they can maybe better defend themselves when a situation like that arises. That's asking kids to a lot. I mean, when, when we have kids, we teach them, Oh, you gotta stand up to the bully. You gotta, you know, if you see your friend getting hurt, you gotta turn around and tell that kid off and protect him and stand up for him. And it's asking a lot for kids. It's really what, what can we do? as their support system, especially the younger kids, once they get into high school, then it becomes, let's learn how to stand up for ourselves. Um, But those younger kids, how do we model that appropriate behavior? What are we doing in our everyday life? I love that we're going back to modeling. I am at least. Um, (laughs) Well, I I think everything goes back to modeling. (laughs) Everything goes back to modeling. That's why we talked about it last week uh, or last month. But how can I model and what can I do to intercept this right away and to intercede it and to, I don't know. I think it'd be really important to teach kids to, you know, identify it, not take it personally. Know that, you know, when somebody says something mean to you, it's not about who you are. It's about who they are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely. How do you reframe that? It's a cognitive reframe. 
how do you take this situation? What inferences can you make about the other child based on what you know about them? So, you know, for example, maybe that's a conversation they should be having with their kids constantly, like consistently, like kind of like the same conversation of don't do drugs. And here's why. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, Let's, let's think about, use that, that theory of mind that kids gain around eight, seven, eight. Um, Let's think about others' perspectives, where they're coming from, where this might be stemming from, not to validate the behavior, not to normalize the behavior, but to help them develop a healthy understanding that this bullying has nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. It has everything to do with something about the other person. And what is that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, like in Dana's uh, situation, her mom, I think, understood this kid was having some issues with Dana, but maybe because of the age. I don't know. How old were you when this happened, Dana? Nine. Okay. So you were still really young. So your mom probably just thought, well, if I just have the other child over and you get to see each other and know each other, it might change. I'm actually surprised the child came and spent the weekend with you. I I am so surprised too. I I have no idea why that worked. My, you know, my mom was really smart. I had another incident when I was probably eight or nine or right, right before that, where, um, there was a little girl at school that, you know, she was kind of dorky and wore glasses. And I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that, but just the, none of the other kids in the class liked her. And I remember that. And she was a neighbor of mine and she was having a birthday party. And so, you know, I came home with the birthday party invitation and my mom's like, Oh, okay. So we need to get a, a birthday present for the party. And I said, well, I'm not going. And she goes, well, why wouldn't you go? And I go, well, nobody else is going. And my mom was, what do you mean? And I said, well, nobody likes her. So nobody's going to go. And she, my mom was like, oh my gosh, how sad. Like nobody's going to go to her birthday party. And she invited every girl in the class. And my mom talked to me and said, well, how would you feel if, if nobody came to your birthday party? And I said, I mean, th- these are a couple of lessons that I learned that have stuck with me all these years that I'll never forget. And I think they've made me a better person and thinking about other people. And I went to her birthday party and I was the only one. And I still think about that. And I think, you know, and it makes me feel bad for her, but at least I was there. Can you imagine if I didn't show up? I think I got more presents than she did because we would play games and I'd win like the little goodie bags and things. And, and um, she just got one present from me. And my mom and I had a conversation afterwards and I, and I was so glad that my mom had me go. And, um, too, that I wish, I wish at eight years old or nine years old, I would have been, you know, would have been able to convince some of the other kids to go with me, you know, so that she wouldn't have, you know, been there, but that was a huge lesson for me. Yeah. Even think about the, the ripple effect that your mom created just by having you go. Mm-hmm. that one time. I mean, that's a huge ripple effect and might have changed the course of at least one child's life, if not multiple childs. So right. like we as our parent, as parents get involved. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause that's what I was thinking. Like, what are the long-term effects? Had you not shown up? What, how would that have been internalized in this young girl? You know, mm-hmm. would she have been come depressed, suicidal, you know, all these things that could potentially happen in the future if nobody is acknowledging her. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, being her friend. So definitely. Thank you very much, ladies. I, I really appreciate the uh, the exchange, the the wonderful stories. This uh, hopefully will um, 
help some parents out there see a different perspective and, and maybe help their little kiddos have better relationships. So absolutely. Um, what about um, the person who's doing the bullying? You know, what are some characteristics that you've seen in kids that are bullied? I mean, from, from my perspective, the kid that bullied my daughter, um, she spent a lot of time alone. She didn't have any friends. And it seemed like every year um, her behavior escalated. And I think it's because she didn't have any friends. So it would just get worse. So you probably did change the course of that girl's life by just showing up to her birthday party. And I wonder if the little girl who is bullying my daughter would have had a different outcome had people just thought about what they were doing and, and maybe approached it in a different way. I was just listening to Jordan Peterson, his, um, his audio book, The 12 Rules for Life. And one of the things he was talking about is um, some of the mass shootings that have gone on, like Columbine and things. And when they went back and they looked at the journals that the kids, you know, had written, like the things they had written, they were actually bullied and they were not treated well and they didn't have friends and they were lonely. And so they're um, I'm really giving you the Reader's Digest version of what I remember from listening to it. So I highly sure. recommend his book if you haven't um, if you haven't read it or listened to the audio book. Um, but it was very dark. But it was really they had lost um, their hope in humanity that people were not good people and the world wasn't a good place and nobody deserved to live. And they, it's interesting that they would you know choose to you know, harm other people, but I think they were so hurt and so angry and so lonely. And if people would just be a little bit kinder and look out for those people who are, you know, the quiet people or the loners or that kind of thing. And what one kind gesture or word or inviting them to, you know, in high school to, you know, the person that doesn't have anyone to eat lunch with you know, inviting them to join them. I mean, think about what a better world it would be. And yeah. maybe that's partly in us and teaching our kids, you, you know, and, and, you know, you try to teach them the right thing to do and to look for those things, but they're, they're still kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And pushing them out of their comfort zone to do those things. Kind of like you, it sounds like your mom did of your typical kid isn't going to want to do that. They're not going to want to invite the awkward kid to the birthday party or go hang out with them. So really pushing them because it's kind of like anxiety with anxiety. You got to face the fear over and over to confront it. Same thing. If I feel awkward talking to this kid or I feel awkward reaching out or I'm worried someone's going to bully me because I'm being nice to this kid. Um, doing it more and more and practicing that behavior more and more shows them and validates. No, nothing's going to happen to you um, mm-hmm. if you do X, Y, and Z. So continue to, to push them. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard for kids because, you know, they go to school and they see the same people every single day. They're sitting next to somebody who they are assigned to sit next to. So they can't get up and move if they want to move um, without talking to the teacher first. So there's a lot of Uh, things that are outside of their control. And so they're trying to navigate so many different things that trying to navigate, you know, their way around somebody who is having a more difficult time than they are 
is hard. You know, that is definitely a difficult thing to do. Um, I'm just wondering, like, what role could teachers or the schools play in maybe reducing bullying? I think there's been a really big push to stop bullying within the schools. It's been a really big focus in the schools lately, um, especially with all the mass school shootings, since that's where I think a lot of it stemmed from. Um, But it's getting increasingly more difficult with social media. Because they can have a no tolerance policy with bullying where they're expen- you know, expelling kids uh, or suspending kids for long periods of time for bullying. They, a lot of them have prevention programs in place where they have kids sit in like a social emotional class for an hour a month and the kids all roll their eyes and think it's dumb. Um, so <laughs> we've put things in place, <laughs> but are they effective? Maybe, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have to think about with social media, especially bullying's happening all day, every day, where is the school's responsibility and where are teachers' responsibilities to stop it? Because a right. lot of it's not happening on the school campus anymore. A lot of it's happening online. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I want to get ready to take a break. We're going to take a quick little break in just a minute. Um, I want to really thank Dana Lamb for being a guest on, on this segment today. I really appreciate you being here and adding so many wonderful stories to our conversation. Um, and thank you, Dr. Sarah Bald and Mackenzie Douglas. And we will be um, taking a break here. So if you'd like to get in touch with me, feel free to go to executivefunctioncoachaz.com. You can send me an email through my website. You can also give me a call at 480-648-1122. And don't forget to uh, subscribe to our new magazine, Executive Function Magazine. You can do that also through the website. Once again, it's executivefunctioncoachaz.com. So, um, and don't forget to validate your email when you um, subscribe to the magazine. You will be receiving an email and you'll need to validate that so that you can get the magazine. And we will be back after these messages. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you are struggling with organization, time management, or other executive functions, Bozzi Acosti is ready to put you on the path to success. Visit executivefunctioncoachaz.com. Bozzi works with in-person clients at her Phoenix, Arizona office or with clients anywhere across the country remotely. Mention that you heard this ad from the Focus on Success radio show and receive a free initial consultation with Fazia, plus $50 off an intake evaluation, a $300 value. Visit executivefunctioncoachaz.com or call 480-648-1122. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to 
Focus on Success. To reach Fozzie Acosti or her guest on the live show, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Fazia at executivefunctioncoachaz.com. Now, back to Focus on Success. Hey, welcome back. So, um... Today, I really want to thank Dana Lamb for joining us and Mackenzie Douglas, as well as Dr. Sarah Bald. So thank you, ladies, and welcome back to the show. Um, Today, we're talking about bullying. Um, So Dana, I appreciate you sharing some stories of your children as they were bullied when they were younger and some stories of of your childhood as well. So I I do appreciate that. Um, is Is there any other angle that we'd like to talk about? I was thinking actually from... The parent's perspective, right before break, we talked a little bit about the parent's perspective as well as the perspective of teachers and schools, and they're doing so much to stop bullying. But I think one of the things that we talked about is that the internet or technology is causing the biggest issue. Uh, Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. So what do you think is the biggest issue with technology? It goes back to what we talked about with the anonymity of it. Yeah, you're not you're not not face to face. You're not seeing their reaction. You're not having to deal with the side effects of their reaction. So I can say something very mean to you and I don't see the tears. I don't see the discomfort. I don't see the pain that I've caused It makes it a lot easier when we get that pain response from other people. Unless there's other things going on, we usually take a step back and oh, no, how do I? help or should I stop or what do I need to do next? You don't get that with technology. So you don't get that. Oh no, I need to stop signal. So the yeah, and I, on, on that, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say is the ownership on that, on the parents and you hate to, I mean, I don't know if anyone has any privacy anymore because I think it's interesting that I can talk about, I was talking about Spanx to one of my friends. I never Googled it or anything and started getting Spanx ads. So I think Facebook is like eavesdropping on all of our conversations. So, but is it, is it the parents really responsibility to, if needed, even look at what social media is being consumed and what is going on so that if your child is either being bullied and not sharing it or they are a bully themselves that you can kind of nip it, nip it in the bud. Yeah. The scary thing about that, not to scare parent, I'm going to scare everybody. There's apps you can download, like kids download that it'll look like a calculator app and it'll pull up like a calculator app, but you enter in a certain password and now I'm on whatever social media I've been banned from. Shame on tech for creating these things. Like where is the government stepping in on platforms that are disguising things as something else when, you know, you can use those things for wrongdoing, like such. Well, I think it's important too, for we as parents to be involved and to do the research and to put in the legwork to figure out, okay, what is the next tactic or what is the next trend? Mm -hmm. Um, And to be very mindful too, because there was, this TikTok trend going around for a while, not for a while, for a month. Don't ask me. I don't remember the name of it. I asked all my teens that I was like, so there's this trend. They're like, oh, this trend. <laughs> Do I remember the name of it? No. Um, but then I think through fear, a lot of a lot of parents, a lot of teachers were circulating false lists of what these new challenges were going to be. And they weren't accurate. Um, 
but being mindful, being receptive to what do I need to be on the lookout for? And am I in a space of fear where we're all getting each other riled up or is this accurate? Um, is this really what I need to be worried about? But, but making sure you're mindful of what's out there um, and what, what might be coming and knowing what's next. You know, it's also important to be really um, open with your kids about the consequences of certain things. You know, you can have challenges, but if your child's aware of the possible consequences, hopefully they have enough confidence and self-esteem that they're not going to participate. Hopefully they have a good enough relationship, a close enough relationship with their parents that they will listen and they will, you know, set those boundaries with those friends or so-called, you know, classmates that are encouraging them Mm -hmm. to behave inappropriately. And also can also remembering too, as the parent that there are developmental life stages where it is appropriate at at teens, especially I think all eyes are on them and they're only cool if their friends are doing. So when teens do flip up and they're engaging in these behaviors that are out of character for who they are, remembering that it might not be a parenting issue. It might not be our responsibility (laughs) per se, Um, that some of that is developmentally appropriate of, I just want to fit in. So I'm going to do what people think is cool, even if it makes me really uncomfortable. So encouraging in those moments where they, where they stand up is, is important. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And that's like so hard. That's like what I, my husband and I have been having these conversations a lot lately is like, how do you raise your child so that they can feel confident in standing up in a situation they're feeling peer pressured because it's so much easier to give into peer pressure than it is to say, this is not right. I'm going to remove myself um, because now you're going to probably get teased or bullied or, you know, ostracized. And it's, it's like, what do you, how, what do you do now when my son is one years old? I mean, not maybe now, but you know, as he's growing up, like how do you instill that confidence? Are we going back to modeling? Like, what do you do? <laughs> well, I think you start now. I think you start now and modeling is, is now. But then as kids get older, creating those opportunities for them, creating spaces for them to be successful, to have these moments where they can see, oh, that, w- that felt really good yeah. that I stood up or that yeah. felt really good that I stood up for someone else, for myself, whatever it might be. Um, this is a feeling I want to hold on to. I didn't feel good when I just watched X, Y, and C happen, but I feel good when I stood up. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know. moments. Well, yeah, and I, and I think it's important that, you know, kids, when they are talking to their friends, that maybe they can talk about, you know, what are you, you know, are you are you participating in these you know, ridiculous um, challenges or, you know, do you want to go do something else? You know, trying to maybe even having your child be more of a leader and take their friends and go do something maybe more meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. And talking about the consequences when we choose to make these bad decisions. So for example, the latest TikTok trend that I was talking about referencing um, was destroying a school bathroom, stealing school property, something like that. 
Mm-hmm. And now we've got a bunch of kids who two, three weeks later are now getting called to the office, meeting with officers, <laughs> getting charged with misdemeanors and felonies oh for gosh. destroying or stealing from school property. And so having open conversation of you are making this choice right now to engage in this behavior because it's cool or whatever it is. Um, so how, what is the consequence? These are the consequences that you're going to have to deal with for your choices. Some consequences are a lot heavier than others. Like uh, I remember back, I don't even know how long ago this was when the challenge was eating the tide. Uh, oh, the tide oh, pods. oh my God. And I thought, you Terrible. know, there's some serious health consequences to eating those. I mean, you could potentially die. Yeah. Um, and so that was absolutely horrifying to me, but, you know, damaging property, you're going to end up with some legal consequences and mm-hmm. potentially financial consequences. Yeah. Dana, did you have something you wanted to add? I'm just really, I'm taking it all in and, and thoughts are coming up. I didn't know about the whole bathroom destroying thing, but it, my sister actually did that with her friends in middle school. And Ooh. they all decided to plug all the toilets in the basement bathroom of the school <laughs> and flush all the toilets and flood the bathroom, basically. So I guess they didn't really destroy it. My sister did not actively participate, but she was there and she watched them and she didn't tell them to stop. And they, you know, the principal interviewed you know, all of them and told my mom, you know, well, Danelle didn't participate in it. And so um, we're not going to punish her. And my mom said, absolutely not. She stood by, she was there. She didn't try to stop them. She didn't go and tell on them. And she is equally responsible. And my, and she made the principal give my sister the same, you know, you know, but punishment same consequence, yeah, the same punishment. consequence. Yeah. And I think that that was really smart of my, you know, again, my mom, not that I'm bragging about my mom, but she's pretty amazing. Sounds like <laughs> she's, yeah. she's not with me anymore. So I really Aww. miss her sometimes even now, like with my older son, I'm like, or my younger son, I'm like, I wish my mom were here because she would know exactly what to do, um, you know, with, with my son and when he needs, when he needs help, but she was really, you know, smart. And it's interesting because after all these years, these are the stories and things that, you know, it's, it's, it's not in the, the easy fun things that we learn and grow. It's through some of these challenging, difficult times and difficult decisions that we can turn them around into a learning, you know, opportunity and take a negative and make it a positive with, with our kids. Um, So maybe it's not a bad thing if they, I mean, completely, if they're, if they're bullying or getting bullied and they get caught and, or, you know, or the situation is illuminated, I should say that it, it can be a teaching experience for them for the rest of their lives, right. Of how to handle, how to handle, um, because you can run into an bully as an adult, right. Totally Even too, absolutely. as a, as a boss or a coworker, or just in the parking lot of a store, somebody's having a bad day and, and isn't nice to you. Absolutely. And our biggest growth comes from our lowest points. So, you know, remembering what if we, if our kid is the bully or if our kid is the one being bullied, this is a great growth opportunity. You know, it's easy to look at it as a bad thing, but it's also, it's a, it can be a positive. A lot of growth comes from these really negative situations that we find ourselves in. The best growth does. So bad events aren't always bad in the long run. 
I, I think Nate. the important part is, is how you deal with it though. Would, wouldn't you agree? It's like if your child's a bully and, and they get in trouble and you let the school deal with it, but you never sit down and have that conversation with them about, you know, why it's not appropriate, then does that growth happen? Right. Right. Yeah. Or if you go the other end of the spectrum and now it's, you know, complete lockdown in your house and you strip your kid of all of their freedoms and they can't, they can't have to like breathe with permission. <laughs> they can't breathe without <laughs> your permission. Then are you creating a rebellion and, you know, has the pendulum swung the other way that is also not effective. It's a tightrope that you're walking constantly with kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I'm, I'm a big fan of, of not punishing. I, I really do not like punishment. I, I, at least with my kids, as they were growing up, you know, I used every opportunity as a learning opportunity and I, and I think it turned out okay. My kids turned out okay. So I think, I think it worked for us, but I, I think it's really important to, to find that balance of what works for your kid. You know, how, how much talking can you do? Cause I know parents, I know some parents that like just talk to their kids. They talk them to death. Like they just talk so much. The kid doesn't hear it anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, there's this, there has to be this balance of what's right for your kid and what's right for you getting the point across, but yet not, you know, not having overkill. Asking questions is, mm-hmm. you know, I found I have one of my kids, um, neither punishment nor reward motivated him and at all. And like, what do you do with that? It was, you know, it's really, it really makes it challenging. And, and it took me a little while to figure out and how to work with him. And, and actually both of my kids even too, because sometimes one of them is like, ugh, you know, like I almost think that he'll do the exact opposite of, I say, just to like, tick me off. Just, I don't know why. So I've learned to ask them questions. And if you ask the right question, sometimes then they come up with the, you know, the answer to it. Like my son who's has anxious situations is opening up. I wanted him to go to lifetime fitness. And, and he said, mom, I'm kind of nervous about going. And, and I said, well, thank you so much for sharing that because I don't understand that. I don't have anxiety and going to the gym for me isn't you know, doesn't make me anxious. What um, do you think it would be beneficial for you to go? And I said, what if a girl asks you, he's a teenager now. So I said, what if a girl says, do you want to go to the gym? Like as a date or invite you to the, go to the gym to work out, you know? And, uh, and he's like, yeah, you're right. I need to learn how to, I was trying to figure out what might motivate him, you know, but just asking questions. Do you think it would be beneficial? Do you think it could help you overcome some of your anxiety or, what do you think might help the situation and just letting them come up with their own answers. And just since you mentioned Fazia, like if you're just talking, a talking head, talking at them, it's like Charlie Brown's mom, wah, 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 right. They don't hear anything, <laughs> <laughs> but if they can absolutely some of the answers on their own, um, I found that to, to work really well. I'm a big fan of asking kids too. Uh, what do you think the consequence should be? I love that. And setting their own. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kids, a lot of times, not every kid, not all the time, mm-hmm. but a lot of the times they'll come up with a harsher punishment than we would have ever, or harsher consequence. I hate punishment. I don't know why that just yes. goes on uh, Harsher consequence than we would yeah. prescribe. At yeah, what age do you start doing that? Like when they understand what a consequence is? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Probably. Yeah. 
And then if they're choosing silly consequences, like oh, I should watch TV for 15 yeah, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you clearly don't understand. They're not quite understanding it. Yeah. Yeah. I was just curious. Like, I think that's a really good takeaway. Yeah. I think when kids show it's appropriate, it's, yeah. it's never too early to start. It's never too early to start using these words and yeah. building a, an emotional vocabulary and a, I don't want to say consequence vocabulary, but it's kind of like consequence vocabulary. Right. Um, so to help them be successful. Yeah. I mean, bullying starts on the playground. Like, you know, like my son is just to the age where he's like interested in, in that. And it's like my mama bear instincts like kick in when I see like a kid just like roughhousing and I'm like so protective. And it's like, but again, we got to allow our kids to have that experience and having that conversation with them and helping them learn and to grow from that. I think is like something I'm going to have to learn as a parent. Cause I can like already see myself kind of going off on mm-hmm. another kid, which is not appropriate on the playground. We're <laughs> well, the adults in that situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, a lot of deep breaths. No, well, I um, mean, bullying is, is not a good thing. Bullying is not okay. It's not an okay behavior, but it is okay for our kids to have to deal with that and have to learn how to navigate that when they're young. Because yeah. then they're going to be able to do it when they're adults. If we run in, if we try to save the day every time, yes, I say we should jump in. I know yeah. I said this earlier and I'm contradicting myself, but yeah. when they experience that's giving them ideas for the future, it's teaching them how to handle it in the future. So it's not a good thing. Right. We should still jump in and let schools know when it's happening. But yeah. having that experience that's sadly yeah. sets them up for some success in the future. Yeah. Well, but mom is not a parents aren't always going to be there. We're not going to be there when it happens. And Dana, you were picking up your son, you know, had you not picked him up, you may not have known that that happened. Right. He and, may have never told, shared it with yeah, me. Right. Yeah. And so you have to start at any age. And I'm sure it happens right. with siblings too. Like mm-hmm. my sister was never a bully to me, but you know, I'm sure it happens with siblings and mm-hmm. you know, how do you navigate that world? I mean, that's tough. It's to hard that, that mama bear does kick in though. I mean, I was like, who did it? You know? <laughs> I mean, right? My, my older son, when he was seven, we were at my cousin's wedding and he asked a, another little girl to dance and she said, Aww. no. And oh. it totally hurt his feelings. And I wanted to rip her eyes out. And I'm like, why would she, didn't her mom didn't teach her right. My mom said to always, you always have to say, yes, you can dance one song. It's not going <laughs> to hurt you to dance one song. <laughs> you know. If they had enough courage, if they had to muster all that courage to come and ask you, the least right. you could do is say, say, yeah. So anyway, I thought, I but I was, I felt so bad. He just walked away like head down and then oh. went out on the dance oh. floor and did a break dance. I didn't even know if he knew how to break dance at seven, <laughs> but he was. And, and the sad thing is, is we, we didn't have the video cameras. Uh, we did our phone <laughs> cameras. So I have no, I just have the memory. I didn't Aww. get to video it, which would have been awesome. Yeah. Well, he's like, I'm going to show this girl what she's missing. Exactly. I was <laughs> proud of him. <laughs> That's so cute. That is so cute. You know, Dana, I'm, I'm curious to know, like after that happened with Harrison, like what were like, did you tell him, like, how did you make sure that if it happened again, you knew about it? Or like, were you looking for any sort of signs as like reoccurring bullying? Like what were kind of the next steps after that happened? Yeah, we really talked, I mean, we, well, 
we talked about it, but it was over several days because yeah. Harrison um, was like, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. You know, I just want to forget it happened and forget about it. And so I had to wait to let that for him anyway. And I'm sure every child would react differently to right. it. But with him, we had to, I had to kind of let him mull that over and just letting him know it really had nothing to do with him that it had to do with this other child either, you know, and I didn't know what that was. It could be their self-esteem and they don't feel good about themselves or maybe somebody else dared him to do it. And it was some type of challenge or we don't know, maybe the kid's brother or dad or somebody was doing the same thing to him or bullying him at home. And, you know, as crazy as it may seem that sometimes people who are being abused are become the abuser to take it out on, on the world. So Mm -hmm. I tried to talk to him about that. I'm trying to think he was probably around 12 years old around, around there. And, you know, also I let him know, well, I'm not for violence, you know, but it was okay for him to defend himself, you know, or to, you know, run away from the situation that he wasn't, didn't make him a sissy, you know, it'd be better to run away from a a dangerous situation, or if he saw a teacher or somebody there that he could get their attention and to go to them. I just wanted him to feel, feel safe and feel okay about himself. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, I really appreciate you ladies sharing your perspectives and your stories. It's um, bullying is definitely a terrible um, situation, whether you're little or, or even an, an adult. I mean, I see bullying even happening in the workplace and, you know, whether it be for a young adult or even older adults, it's just a, you know, once a bully, I guess it's hard to break out of that unless you seek help specifically for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's a very tough situation, but I really appreciate um, you all sharing your perspectives, sharing your stories we have about four minutes left. Would you all mind giving me maybe some, your last minute advice? Is there anything you would like to leave, um, leave uh, our listeners with? I think for me, it's, it's know the warning signs that your child is being bullied. Um, are they, are there changes in their mood, changes in behavior? Um, are they avoiding social situations that they previously would have loved? Are they all of a sudden resisting going to school? They becoming withdrawn, losing interest in activities, losing interest in, in people. Um, if it's cyberbullying, are they hiding their phone from you? Are they responding in an odd way to their phone? Um, are they hiding their device from you so you don't see what's on it? Um, are they deleting their social media accounts or all of a sudden they have three or four different social media accounts? You know, know the warning signs so you can start having this conversation with them. Thank you so much, Sarah. What about you, uh, Mackenzie? Any last minute thoughts? I mean, I just think just having that really great line of communication with your kids from an early age and just letting them know you're there um, is so important. And I know that's not always easy, but, you know, and I've talked about this on other podcasts, something that Ryan and I do with Maddox is we always have dinner together. And that's something that we want to continue forever. I know it's not going to be every single night of the week forever, but you know, I really want to have that time together to bond, to ask questions, to like really 
have that eye to eye conversation rather than just being a passing, you know, moment. Um, and just really valuing our family time at a young age and having him feel like he has parents that really love and care for him and his well-being and that he has somebody that he can come to and talk to when things get tough. Thank you so much. Um, how about you, Dana? What would you like to leave our listeners with? I mean, I think Sarah and Mackenzie, you know, had um, you know, hit the nail on the head with both of those. I think the only thing I would maybe add to that is, um, you know, it maybe is okay to spy on your kid and check their phone and really make sure you, you know, what is, what's going on with them. And there's nothing wrong with that because we're responsible and, and for them and for their safety and their health and well being, And, you know, to, to take a peek at what's going on just to make sure and that, that they aren't being bullied or they're not bullying somebody, somebody else I think is really important. Thank you so much. Um, so I just want to thank Dana Lamb, who is the author of the, um, can you tell everybody what the name of your book? <laughs> the, the what? Surprise date surprise. challenge. That's what I couldn't remember the name, the word surprise. Yeah. The surprise date challenge. She has written a fabulous book. She has wonderful, uh, information to give. Um, if you'd like to get a copy of that book, feel free to uh, go to her website. And what is that website, Dana? It's the same name, surprisedatechallenge.com. So we have currently three books out and our home edition book has awesome date ideas that you can do with friends, family, your kids as well. Thank you so much. Yeah, I really appreciate you being on the show today. And you can reach out to Dr. Sarah Bald at Nest Psychological or Mackenzie Douglas. And Mackenzie, what is your email? Uh, it's just my personal email address. It's K-E-N-Z-I-E-L-Y-N-N-E-9 at gmail.com. So that's KenzieLynn9 at gmail.com. Thank you so much, ladies. And if you're looking to get in touch with me, feel free to go to my website, executivefunctioncoachaz.com. You can call me or email me and make sure you register or actually subscribe to our new magazine, Executive Function Magazine. And we will see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to Focus on Success. Please join your host, Fazia Costi, for another program next Wednesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again, have a great week. <laughs>